Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable. We have got a lot of questions today um, and many questions we didn't even get to last week and we got even more this week. So just as a reminder, guys, like keep the questions coming just because you don't hear a question on the show doesn't mean that we're not going to answer it. It's just that we have got probably like gosh, probably 15, 20 questions now that we have ready to go. So um, definitely love a lot of these. We're going to try to get through as many of these as we can within the 30 minute period. But back yeah, if we don't get to them, blame Chase. Yeah, it's all my fault. Yeah. All my fault. I, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. That's fine. I'll, I'll take the blame. <laughs> all right. So let's just dive on in here. Number one, Natasha and then Amanda also kind of asked something. To, we kind of combined the two. Natasha asked how much protein would be ideal for breakfast. And Amanda asked, what are some other breakfast proteins to deviate away from like the normal bacon, sausage, etc.? Brevin. 27.5 grams. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> actually, actually, it's 26.435. But yeah. OK. <laughs> uh, no, for honestly, uh, I think a lot of people get like, again, forced for the trees. Take your total day, divide it by how many meals you normally eat, and that gives you a good goal for that meal. So let's say you have 200 grams as your, which is more, more than most people who are listening to the show are trying to eat. 200 divided by four meals that you normally eat throughout the day, you got about 50 grams of protein at each meal. Now you have a goal at each meal. If you miss at a meal, you know you have to make up a little bit more at a next meal. Or if you have more at one meal, you know you don't have to have quite as much at that next meal. So it just kind of gives you that goal. Um, but I think starting your day out with as much as you can is a fantastic option. Um, part two here, um, who would ever want to go away from bacon and sausage? I think that stuff's amazing. Um, <laughs> now, I will say chicken sausage is the yes. best breakfast meat out there other than center cut bacon. That's true. But bacon is a very interesting food because it can either be the absolute best food you've ever had or the worst. <laughs> if you have like this floppy, gross bacon, like it doesn't taste good. But if you have a perfect, crispy piece of bacon, that will make your day better. See, I'm more so on team floppy bacon. Oh, my God. You're disgusting. But either way, <laughs> uh, I just, oh, God, that's going to take a minute to get over here. I'm not going to lie. Wait, hold on. Chris, what, what side are you on? We got to split the, split the fence Chris here. Chris is an American man. He loves I, some crispy bacon. I do. I do like oh, crispy bacon. Oh, yeah. no. That's a man somebody, that looks like he likes crispy bacon. Somebody Extra write burnt. in and prove these fools wrong that... And now I'm not saying I'm like raw bacon by any means, but like if it's right. like crisp where like you hold it straight up and it doesn't even like move like, no, that's, that's too crisp for me. Yeah. Get your, uh, get your disgusting little floppy bacon out of here. <laughs> um, but one thing I do think a lot of people, um, don't do is they put specific meals in specific buckets. All food is open all the time. You can have chicken for breakfast. You can have beef for breakfast. You can have any food you possibly want. Don't let the social constructs tell you what you can or can't have at certain meals. Chase knows I love to go against social constructs. All the time. Everything is fake. <laughs> question I mean, everything. I even think like, you know, going back to Natasha's question, it's, you know, I, I like starting off my morning with, you know, 
40, 50 grams of protein, front loading my protein, just because I like to go into lunch or even after lunch, knowing that I'm going into dinner and I, Hey, I already have a hundred grams of protein. Um, and it just makes you feel like it's, you won that day that you won, you know, that you're winning that day. And it can just help from a mindset standpoint. A lot of people that struggle with like that all or nothing of, you know, you go into lunch or, and you're like, Oh my gosh, I've got to make up 200 grams of protein. And I've got seven hours in my eating window. It's going to be nearly impossible. It's going to be very difficult. It's doable. Um, and then to for Amanda's, I mean, I like Greek yogurt. Yep. I, I'll throw in some cottage cheese on the side to get an extra, you know, 20 grams of protein, uh, those kind of things. Um, it doesn't always have to be a breakfast meat, but I'm with you guys. I, I'll put uh, I'll put some lean beef in like my eggs and stuff like that and some cheese. Honestly, and- chicken in your breakfast is fire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like I mean, you guys pretty much covered the ones that I was going to mention, but like, you know, other than like, you know, just like, I think when we say bacon and sausage, a lot of people think of like pork, beef, like, and so also don't forget like turkey bacon, turkey sausage as well. Um, I think those are both great options for getting some leaner protein in as well. Um, I prefer the lean, the uh, turkey sausage more than the turkey bacon, but turkey bacon work. should be outlawed. <laughs> what I've been doing sometimes with it, instead of eating it like regular bacon, because it is kind of weird like, if you just eat it like by itself, I've been cutting it, I've been cooking it and then cutting it up really small and then put it into an omelet. It's actually really good. Yeah. Oh, um, I think center cut bacon is so underrated because it's honestly a pretty lean piece of bacon. You can get two pieces for like 50 to 75 calories and it's amazing. Center cut yeah, bacon had is... the salmon omelet. I'll let you keep the spam, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm not touching. You can have that one. The bad part is I've never even tried it, but I just I, anything that comes out of a can that is called meat that doesn't move, that's just like a square. I'm gonna pass. I said I said salmon, not spam. Oh, I, I you swear said, you said spam. I okay, I heard spam too. <laughs> yeah, salmon's amazing. Yeah, spam. Okay, I, I thought you were really saying spam. I was like. No, I'll pass. I'm with Chris on that, though. I think most of my breakfasts end up being 60 to 80 grams of protein every day just on accident because I fucking love breakfast. Yeah. I'm so excited to eat breakfast after this. It was so funny. I posted a picture of just like proving a point of like how do I keep breakfast super simple. I um, posted a picture in our team group chat the other day and it was like 66 grams of protein and it was um, egg whites and cheese and greek yogurt and uh english muffin people are like and, oh my god well no <laughs> um it was funny uh someone was like 18.25 tablespoons of egg whites oh, i get that all the time <laughs> i was like well i i waited out like it's not like i like was there with my tablespoon like pouring out each and every serving it just wasted out but it was kind of comical when that came up like that but we talk about know. social constructs you don't get into the social construct that you have to listen to what the arbitrary numbers on the back of the yeah. uh, serving sizes are like those mean absolutely nothing to you as long as you are eating for your goals that's all that matters yep cool chris what's number two all right we got Samantha asked, I struggle with eating enough and drinking enough water. I spend my day cooking and baking for the kids and I forget to eat. And I rarely get myself water because my kids start drinking it and suddenly it's gone. Who wants to take that? Um, I think it's just more so like, again, it's going to come down to like, one, making it a priority for yourself and two, like having some of those like boundaries as well, right? Like I think, and this push is something- the, Push the kids over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we just lost like fi- 500 <laughs> listeners on our show. You're but... <laughs> telling me, well, Chris, you're telling me that you've never wanted to just push your kid over. No, I do all the time. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think it's going to come to like also like setting some boundaries, right? Like, you know, it, if it's your water, like, you know, like set your water aside, like this is mom's water. Like if this is, you know, if you're, and if you have like, and if you're forgetting to eat or you, you struggle with eating, cause like you just did time goes by, like set specific meal times. Like not that you have to eat the exact time every time, but like if you have some meal consistency throughout your day, not only is that going to help you make sure you get your food in, but it's also going to help you just with your routine and structure as well. And regulating like hunger and fullness cues. Cause your body's going to start expecting it around those times. But you know, like set a time throughout your day. Like this is when I eat breakfast. This is when I eat lunch. This is when I eat dinner and try to stick with that the best you can. Yes. There are going to be the days when like little Johnny, like, you know, falls over and hurts himself. Maybe you know, I guess when you push him, <laughs> you have to take him to the hospital. <laughs> How hard are you pushing this kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but this is so like, you know, I'm, what I'm saying is like things will get thrown into a wrench will get thrown into your day sometimes. Yeah, and Chase is going to come into your house and push your kid over for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is when I would, you know, encourage you like be flexible with that, of course, but like try to stick to some sort of routine for yourself. And if you if you if you're saying you don't have the time, then we need to look at like other areas, right? Like in the evenings when you're relaxing and, you know, scrolling on social media or if you're watching like Netflix or whatever it may be like. Could we like be prepping a little bit of food for some dinner time that that night? Like, and I know you're, you know, some moms will say, well, like, I'm just like, do stress at the end of the day. It's been a busy day. I just want to relax. Like, this is why I would also encourage you to like spend some time at some part of another part of your week to get ready for it. You know, a lot of people that's on Sundays, like try to get some food prepped and ready to go for that week. That way, when you are super busy with the kids and they're running around to practice and football games and everything else, like you can actually have something to just heat up really quick. Make yourself a priority because I can guarantee you, you're going to show up for your kids 10 times better. Yeah, I'll let the I, dad take this one. <laughs> no, I, I also look at like people that, you know, you know, fast in that morning, just don't eat breakfast. Your body really doesn't get hungry after a while. Like your body just gets into that rhythm of like, I'm not really that hungry till, you know, till this time. So you almost have to force yourself like at 9am to eat eventually your body will just start calling for that meal and you'll be like, Oh my gosh, eight fifty comes and I'm, I'm hungry. And yep. your body starts to call for that. Um, when it comes to, you know, I, I agree with Chase. Like it comes down to prioritizing yourself. Like you might wake up and not want to do certain things. You might want wake up and be like, I don't feel like brushing my teeth today. Like you do it because you care that you don't want to get cavities. Well, you should also eat because you want the energy to keep up with your kids. And for all of those reasons, like you need to discover, like, why do I need to get enough water? Like we say in our program, like uh, education drives compliance, right? And I feel like once you understand why you need the water, why you need these, you know, why, why you need the calories, maybe you'll start to do it more often um, and prioritize it. But it's such a uh, when it comes to this question, it's like you just have to do it. You just have to take action and do it. There's really no. There's little tips and tricks. Put out your breakfast on the counter so you just look at it or something like that, whether it's a yogurt. I don't know. Uh, probably don't leave it out there for too long. But um, like you just got to you just got to take action and do something. So that's just uh, my two cents on it. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback a little bit off what Chase said. I think that that creating some sort of routine, if your kids are eating, I think that's a perfect time for you to sit down and eat as well. Um, do that because that, that gives you that time of like, hey, they're eating. I should probably be eating right now too. Um, and I also think that taking some time to prepare ahead of time, maybe you don't want your kids eating meal prep or you want to be able to cook for them in the moment because they're picky or something like that. That's fine. But have something prepared for you so that you're not having to also cook for you. You're not having to scramble around, make things as easy as possible for you. I always call instead of meal prep, I think about like food prep. So like have some protein sources ready, have some carb sources ready, um, have some fats that you want to add into that. And then you can mix and match those things throughout the week. So you're not having to eat the same meal every time. Um, and if you want to make some bigger meals, like um, you can make big meals in my fitness pal and, and figure out how to divide them up. Um, if you want to make like, hey, I'm making chili for the family because it's really easy and everyone likes it, like make life as easy as possible for yourself. And 99% of the time it comes down to taking the time to prepare ahead of time. If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Very yep. cliche, but I think it's true. Oh, it is. Very true. All right, Brevin. Number three, Linda. Got a couple parts here. So part A, I've always heard you just split up your protein throughout the day as your body can only process so much protein at a time. Say, for example, you had 120 grams of protein, split it up by three or four meals. Is that true? And B, how often should you weigh yourself daily or weekly? Question mark. Great question, Chris. Um, when it comes to splitting up your protein, obviously I don't think it's feasible for you to, I mean, maybe it is for some people to get 120 grams in one meal. I know Brevin probably could do that. I, I could definitely do that. Dude, I ate 140 mm-hmm. last night for dinner. <laughs> I was really excited for butter chicken. <laughs> I ate a pound of chicken. <laughs> I've, I've definitely had roughly 120. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but you have to do what's best for you. Like what is going to make sure that you hit that protein goal, whether it divided up through all of your meals, um, when it comes to, you know, I think you asked the the process of, uh, you know, when you're in taking that much protein, can your body digest, you know, I think you can, uh, obviously Brevin just had 140 last night, your body will eventually use it. Um, so when it comes to when it comes to this question, I really think like it goes back to like what can you be consistent with? What can what's going to allow you to get your protein in at the end of the day? Whether that's dividing it up, having it you know mostly in the morning, like we were just talking about before, um, comes down to what can you be consistent with? Yeah, I think the uh, people always hear that you can only have so much protein per meal, and that mm-hmm. is for muscle protein synthesis, there is an upper limit of how much you can actually utilize for muscle protein synthesis. But there are a lot of other things that protein is used for in the body. It's literally the building block for every single thing that you do. So yes, you're only going to build so much muscle eating so much protein at one meal, but anything you eat, you're going to digest. Your body's not going to be like, nope, you hit that limit. You're done. Get it, get that protein out of here. Like it's still (laughs) going to be utilized for other things. Um, now, a lot of it, it's going to come down to how can, are you going to digest it super well? A lot of times, most people aren't going to digest a hundred plus grams of protein super well at one meal. So like it is a little bit easier to split it up. Um, but again, at the end of the day, we're looking at a 24 hour period. What can you do in that time? Yeah. And then I'm going to address our second question about how often should you weigh yourself daily or weekly? Um, I really love talking about this. And actually, I was having this conversation with a couple of clients that we brought on this week um, because they were, you know, concerned about weighing in daily. They're like, oh, I use the only weigh in once a week. I feel like, like we, we all take kind of a different approach than the industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I encourage weighing in daily. And the reason is, and the reason I explain this is, and is because like, let's say you're weighing in every Sunday, 
and I'm going to just use the random number of 200. Let's say you weigh 200 pounds. You weigh, you, um, weigh in on Sunday, you're 200. The week goes by. On the next Sunday, you weigh in again. And all right, it's weigh-in day. You weigh in, and it's 201. Now you feel like, what the heck? I've been good all week. I've done exactly what I need to do, and I'm up a pound. I'm doing something wrong. Screw it. Throw in the towel. Whereas you missed all throughout the week. Maybe you were 198, 199, 197 one day, 198, um, then 199, then 200. And then, you know, maybe even the day before you weighed in, it was 201. You were 197, right? Like a like a new weight that you've never seen before. And you would have been super excited to see that. But you saw that one fluctuation up towards the end um, at you know on a Sunday after a crazy weekend out. And then now you think that you're failing and you just miss that completely. So I encourage daily. Yes, I know there are some people and I've told some clients before as well. Like if you are not in a good headspace yet to weigh in daily, we can wait on that. Like it's, it's not like I'm kicking out of the program if you're not going to weigh in daily, but we are going to talk about it and we are going to start learning more like what's causing those fluctuations on the day to day and figuring out how we can get you more understanding of when the scale spikes up one day. What does that mean when it goes down the next day? What does that mean? How can we look at the 30,000 foot view and get the overall trends? Don't get too focused on the day to day. Look at what your body is doing overall. Yeah. And I think uh, another way I like to explain it to clients too, is like, I think about weighing daily as like going to therapy. So if you have an emotional issue, you have two options. You can either face it head on, learn to deal with it and learn to work through it, or you can avoid it. The avoidance mm -hmm. behavior isn't ever going to help you when you go to the doctor and you have to step on the scale or whenever weight happens in your life, like whenever it comes up, like you're still going to have those emotional responses. But if you weigh every day, you learn that fluctuations are normal up and down. You learn why you're fluctuating. You learn that your daily weight really doesn't matter all that much. Like as coaches, I guarantee none of us care what your daily weight is. Um, we, we look at trends over time. It helps us make more informed decisions. But if you're able to do that, then you start to take that emotional response away. You start to take the power away from the scale. And I think that's really, really powerful. The avoidance behavior doesn't really do anything for you. Yeah. When going back to what Chase said with, with that client, it's like, well, why do you feel like you can't weigh daily? You know, that's <laughs> my favorite question as a coach is why. And like, I think digging deeper into that, I just actually had a t talk with a client. Um, she two days ago went out, you know, had cauliflower pizza and which is great. Good, good option. Right. Great, great pizza. But, uh, scale was up a little bit after, after it. And I was like, you know what, like, let's just weigh in tomorrow as well. And we're, we've been working through relationship with the scale with her and she weighed in today and it was two pounds up after like a really good day yesterday. And I was I like, see that. I see that a lot. It's yeah. always like the and second like, day it's up even more. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, she goes, screw this. I'm going back to weighing in once a week. And I go, if we do that three days ago, you weighed in at an all time low in the program, you would have completely missed that. And I go, so it goes both ways. You, if, if we're going to do that, you're going to miss potentially, like Chase said, some all-time low weights. However, yeah, at the same time, we might see a little bit of a spike and have to deal with that. But I would rather address it. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think this came from? And honestly, in this person's situation, I'm like, I, I can't discover what it was. Uh, maybe your you know, sleep or stress or whatever, all the things that can cause some fluctuations. But um yeah, it's it really goes down to like don't avoid it, lean into it. It's like 
it's it's the same thing as avoiding a food because you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. Like we already know that you're eventually going to go to it. We might as well lean into it and find out why you have that terrible relationship with it. Yeah, and honestly, yep. if you're not going to weigh daily, I would rather just not use the scale at all. I would rather yep. use progress pictures, measurements, biofeedback, um, performance in the gym. Like I, w- I would rather not do it because it's just at that point, it's so inaccurate. And and I always like to talk about like weight, even in the short weight in the short term is so inaccurate and unreliable and really doesn't matter. It's weight in the long term. They can give us some good data points. And I, the, the thing for, for people not weighing is, uh, is always, well, the number doesn't matter, but like, if you've lost 20 pounds, you're, you're, it's going to reflect on the scale. It's not. And I think a lot of people use that as kind of a, a reason to not have the progress they're looking for is like, Oh, well I'm losing weight anyways, but they step on the scale and it's the exact same as like, okay, realistically, you probably didn't put on 20 pounds of muscle. So like, let's be realistic about where we are. If you lose 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, like it's going to reflect on the scale mm-hmm. and that's okay. And if it's not, that's also okay, but it allows us to make the changes necessary to see the progress you want to. Yep. Well said. Sweet. Number four, Dan asked how many workouts a week is good enough and is propel splash water and flavored water as good as plain water? Revan, I saw you getting excited about that question. Um, how many workouts per week can you consistently work out? Is the only real answer to that question. I think. Um, I, if I say if I make the greatest plan I've ever written for five days a week, but you're like, yeah, man, I'm only going three days a week. Like that plan fucking sucks because you can't consistently stick to it. We always mm-hmm. talk about consistency. What can you consistently do week after week? If you can't consistently stick to that, then it doesn't matter how good of a plan it is. It doesn't work for you. Maybe you can make a little bit more progress going five times a week, but like if you can only consistently go three times a week, awesome. Let's maximize what we can do during that time. Um, is Propel splash water and flavored water as good as plain water? I think anything flavored is going to be better um, as far as taste, um, but water is water. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. I completely agree with you, like what you're going to show up for. I actually just had this conversation with a client right before this call and it was about, okay, well, she's got a lot going on on her plate right now. Marching band practice for her kids. It's like every night she's like, oh, workouts have suffered the last two weeks. And I'm like, okay, so we just need to reestablish your floor. I said, instead of those three to four days a week you were going, well, maybe now we need to dial it down to one to two days. And I think that's where people go wrong. They go into this and they're like, I'm working out seven days a week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's not attainable. That's not, you're not going to be able to be consistent with that. Eventually there's going to be things that come in your life, like marching band practice that you're going to have to kind of dial things back, go down to one to two to exactly what Brevin said, you know, your perfect split is the one that you're going to show up for in the gym and be consistent with. Yep, exactly. I think you guys covered both those really, really well. Um, all right, Chris, what's number five? All right, we got Amy. Um, when we don't work out for a couple weeks with weights, how much of our progress do we truly lose? And a little context behind this is that I've changed up this client's program and she's doing um, a little bit more cardio, just giving her body a break with um, like one weight training this week and then two next week. We've kind of changed it up a little bit to cardio based. Um, so that's kind of where this, I think, question came from. You're not, it's your body's, it might. So the way I look at this is like, when you get back in the training, are you going to be able to hit exactly what you were like when you, when you 
left the gym? Probably, maybe. I mean, honestly, I'll even say like maybe. But also, like, even if not exactly where you were at, like, you're going to adapt a lot quicker because like that muscle memory is still there. Like, you're still going to you're going to be able to pick back up and get closer to where you were at very quickly compared to like, you know, starting over. Like, it's not like you're having to start from like the very first time you ever worked out again. Your body is smart. It will be like, oh, I've done this before and get more used to it as you pick, pick back up and get back into it. Yeah, what we learned during like COVID and stuff like that, I think really well mm-hmm. is maintenance volume. So the amount of work you have to do to maintain your current results is significantly less than what it took to actually create those results. Um, so you would have to go from doing a couple workouts a week to doing absolutely nothing for two months to, to really start to lose that progress. Yes, you're not going to have the pump and feel that all the time. And your muscles might feel a little bit more flat because you're not utilizing them as much. But realistically, like Chase said, um, strength and and all this kind of stuff is is neuromuscular. So when you jump back in, you're going to reintegrate that really, really quickly. It's not going to take you that long. Usually it's a two to three week grace period of like, okay, it feels a little bit heavier than it used to. Okay, now I'm hitting PRs again. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard one, I've heard one ninth of what that's what I've heard as far as like to maintain the results, you have to do one ninth of what you did to get there. I won't tell you where I got that number from. It was, it was research based, but um, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, (laughs) Generally what I've looked at is like, uh, if it took you, you were doing, let's use like quads. If you were doing 12 sets of quads a week, then your maintenance volume is probably between two and four. Like you, you yeah. do one workout of quads and you're probably going to maintain at least relative muscle mass. Yeah. I mean, it, what it's been, how many, how many weeks has it been since I've been out of my comp, like two months, I think roughly, yeah. or like, um, and I was actually talking about this with my coach this past week. Cause I've gone to more like hypertrophy style training and a little bit less of like, you know, top sets and like really like trying to like take things really heavy. And like, I haven't touched a 300 pound squat since then, basically. I've, I've been working with a higher rep range and my coach even told me, she was like, honestly, she was like, you're maintaining. She was like, if you were to like, say like all of a sudden, like, Hey, I want to go into like, into prep for a competition and you know, a couple like a month or two, she's like, we could probably get you pretty close, pretty darn close to right where you were at beforehand. Yeah. And I will say strength is a little bit more than um, like muscle mass in general, like because strength is a hundred percent neuromechanical, neuromuscular. Um, it, it's all about how fast and how efficiently you're you're creating those uh, motor neurons. Uh, I will say that diminishes a little bit quicker, but it picks right back up really, really quickly. So that's why, yeah. like you've you've seen, like if you stop doing this, like you start training for powerlifting a, a month from now, you're you're back hitting the same numbers you were. That's the really yeah. cool part. Is, yeah. is eventually you create like a floor for yourself of like, mm-hmm. here's my muscle mass floor. Here's my strength floor. Like, I'm really not going to drop below this. Yep. Cool. Brevin, what's next? Um, Number six, Samantha. Uh, so these are just a couple topics that we're just going to go over and talk about a little bit. Um, so the first one was what should be your biggest meal of the day? I think, again, it goes back to what you prefer. Honestly, like, I'll just kind of start with that. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times it is going to be, like, be breakfast, but that's not, like, I know that's, like, a big, like, old myth that a lot of people always say, like. I don't think there's the right answer to this. Exactly. And that's what I was leading into, like, but we've all heard the saying, like, oh, breakfast should be your biggest, 
best meal of the day. It's like, okay, but like, you know, some people don't like having breakfast. Me, hello. <laughs> and like, I prefer to have like, I mean, I love breakfast, but I don't eat it as often or yeah. I'll eat breakfast or lunch a lot of times. And so um, I, I personally like to have dinner, my biggest meal of the day. That's my point. Well, and you and I have talked about that before. Like I like to go to bed feeling relatively full. Like I don't want to go to exactly. bed feeling hungry. So like my, my meals during the day are pretty small. My meals at the, the yep. ends of my day are <laughs> my bigger meals. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big massive bowl. You should see like, it was so funny when uh, Brevin and I moved in together a, a while back last year, we like went shopping together except for like the house and stuff. And we both bought like this like giant, like it looks like it was like a mixing bowl basically. <laughs> Dude, it, is, both... it is by far my favorite bowl to eat out of. Oh, I still I still use mine all the time. I did but last it, night for butter chicken. It, it holds so much food, but like that's our dinner. <laughs> what do you guys think? Preference. Yeah, it goes down to, you know, like for me, it's breakfast. I love pancakes. I love, you know, I could. My ideal breakfast is like four or five eggs, pancakes, biscuits and gravy, bacon, sausage, like and I want it all. Like I will, go going out. <laughs> I will go to a restaurant and I'll be like, what do you have that's as close to this? And it should be like, yeah. Next thing I walk out with a $25 breakfast from Cracker Barrel. We've all been there. <laughs> At least I have. You're, you're the person that like when they, they when they bring all the plates to the table, like they put yours down. They're like, oh, we have no other room to put the other plates down. Yes. Because <laughs> they yes. bring it like five different plates <laughs> bring the bring the table over next to next yeah. door yeah and then uh jump into part b here when should you stop eating for the day never <laughs> when you've hit your calories <laughs> well, what if you hit your calories at 2 p.m oh then you should probably rearrange your day <laughs> <laughs> true very true um or you're yeah. eating way too little yeah, I, I didn't want to – I don't want to go into this too much because I feel like didn't we just cover this same topic yeah. last week? So, yeah. um, again, really doesn't matter. Calories aren't affected. Like if it's 7 o'clock or 7.01, um, could affect sleep. If you, have any, if you want more in-depth answer to that, go back to last week's um, Q&A. Um, but yeah, – We got time for one more. Yeah, let's take one more. Um, Brevin – or you said that one. Um, I'll take this, I guess. Or Chris, who, whoever oh, it is. Kelly uh, – <laughs> Kelly asked, does cardio and weight training need to be on the same day, Chase? I'm going to say again, it all like depends on like, what's your preference? Like, and what are we considering cardio? What are we considering? Like, you know, what are your, what are your goals? What are your preferences? Like, there's so much more that goes into that question. Um, you can easily do both of those in the same day. No problem. Some people prefer to have like, you know, four days of strength training and then like, two days of like cardio and one day it's like a purely rest day. Um, it can be divided up so many different directions. And I really does. I, I really don't want to overthink this question here a little bit. Um, however, if you are, I will say like one thing I will add, if you are, if you are, if your main goal is to building strength, I wouldn't like go like run like 10 miles and then go try to do a workout. I would put, you know, the strength training in front of that. However, um, and then a lot of times, like most of my clients, cardio says walking if we're being honest so like you can walk every day and do your workouts in the days you're working out yeah what do you guys I mean, add to that I, I would agree i would say if you're if your goal which most people their goal is body composition your first goal your first thing should be strength training um then if you only can go to the gym three days a week and you're doing three days of strength training three days of cardio well then yeah just do it after your your strength training days but if you have more time in the week and you want to split them up great split them up do them on your rest days um but strength training should always come first for 99% of people unless your goal is cardio, which is gross. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Is, I'm sure, good like, for you. I'm sure the listeners too, like, are like, well, everything, all the answers have been, it depends today. And interesting. The, <laughs> right. But like, this is why, like having a personalized plan based around your current situation Wait, is so important. Who does that? I know, right? I, I think we all do. Um, but I thought but like we give so, all of our clients the exact same plan. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly, though. It's like that's why we look at what your lifestyle is, what you enjoy. Like I have, I've had you know somebody that recently just joined our program, and they were like, "Well, what if I move and I don't no longer have that gym available?" And I'm like, "Well, then we just customize it to the new gym that you get." Or we just do home workouts. Like everything is customized to where you're currently at, what you have available, what meals you enjoy. We're going to like, we work through that and this isn't a pitch, but like, I think it, I just want to boil down to like, this is why a lot of answers are in the fitness and nutrition space is it depends. What do you enjoy? What are you going to show up for and be consistent with? That's what we're going to roll out for you. There's a lot of roads to Rome. And can I add to that real quick? With that being no. said, Okay, then I'll just. Well, all right, we're into the show here. <laughs> um, no, I, I wanted I wanted to point out, and this is just kind of more context for those listening, and all of you all who have been asking a lot of great questions. Like, if you ever want a a more detailed answer to something rather than just it depends, give us some more context. Like, the more context you give us, the more detailed we can give. Yes, we will always try to include something that everyone could take away from that answer, or excuse me, for that question. But if you have a specific question about your lifestyle, give us some more context related to that. And we'd be more than happy to customize that to you. Write us a whole ass paragraph. Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah. Or, or even actually, I have something even better. And I'm going to I'm probably speaking on this way too soon. I think I've told Chris this, um, but Brevin brought up this idea. And I'm just oh, curious yeah. if we could even make this happen. I'm still looking into it. But I want to know those listening, if we figured out a way to do this. Would you guys want to call in and ask questions and like actually like you're speaking on the podcast, asking the question, if that's something you guys would want to do, let us know so I can actually because I don't want to like spend all this time figuring this out and then no one ever wants to do this. So if this is something do you it. Guys would I think do, it'd be such a know. cool idea. Yeah, I, I would love it. I, I think it'd be really cool, but. I have to figure out the functionality behind or it. even like a, a live or something like that where we where people are able to actually be on like maybe like a zoom room that we record or something like that where people can be on there and listen to our answers. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to give you guys this chase number right now to, to call in. Ready? <laughs> five, five, five. <laughs> call and text him at any time of the night. <laughs> oh, you guys are wonderful. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the podcast. If you guys have any other questions, please let us know. There's always a link down in the show notes to drop your questions in there, or you can DM any of us. All of our social media handles are in the show notes as well. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. You guys. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.